everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Uh, coming to you after the 4 1 win in Genk this evening. And joining me on the pod to discuss uh, some very nice goals and some nice play and some sort of crazy seven aside style football. Uh, first up with Liverpool, uh, we'll have Jay Reid. Jay, how are you? Yeah, me, it's all good. Uh, nice to finally get a win away from home in the Champions League. It's been hotly debated, but that was a nice, comfortable win for us and some goals that were nice enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and a, a Salah assistant Manny. Oh, conspiracy theorists will not like that. <laughs> 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 uh, next up in Belfast, we'll have, as always, Dave Dunning. Dave, how are you this evening? Yes, good, thanks. Much better, much much more enjoyable than, than Sunday. So, uh one, Sunday's one, gone, Dave. Sunday's gone. Let it go. Yeah, I, know. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think, I think that that's the that's the game, isn't it? That's the game last year that caused all the problems, the away yeah. game to the so-called shit team, and we didn't go there and get the results. So that's going to be the difference. And with them next week at home, you know, that should be us. You know, pretty much one foot in the one foot in the next round. Well, one would like to think so. One would like to think so, but. Listen, we'll get into it anyway. Jay, we find ourselves, I don't know about yourself, but Ox scored in the third minute and some, some nice player on the edge of the box as well. You know, the, the ball went in and it was almost like, how did that happen? Um, you number one, the, the speed of it, total lack of reaction that seemed to, and nobody seemed to react to it. Uh, and then you sort of think, fuck, there must be something wrong with that. And then no, it's a goal. Well, it was... A sort of a different performance. There, there's so much. It's, it's hard to be negative about it um, because we we were very very good in patches, but at times it felt just maybe for my for my like an NOHA a little bit loose at the back. And as, as I said, that sort of seven aside feel, that very sort of relaxed. Um, you know, we ran out really comfortable winners in the end, but it was just a different style of play in my opinion. Well, first of all, obviously we had quite a few changes in terms of the lineup. Um, I don't think probably people had the formation at the back to be obviously Milner, Lovren, Van Dijk and then Robbo but I think probably people were expecting Gomez to come in at right back which was a bit of a surprise but you know I think that probably contributed to the to the looseness as you say along the right hand side was obviously not our normal two players out there and then obviously it was the midfield that myself and probably many others have been dying to see which was Obviously, Cater and Ox in with Fabinho, but then as a constitute to that is you don't get the protection that you would probably get from the, the discipline in Wijnaldum and Henderson. So it probably led to the fact it was a bit more of a an open sort of end-to-end game. That first goal, though, as you say, it, it sort of felt like it was slow motion. It was a going in. And I sort of half reacted. I was like, yes, it's in, but what, what, what happened? Because did it take a massive deflection or as someone being given offside, because there seems to be even a muted response in terms of the players. It was nearly a time-still-stood moment, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit bit weird. And then, like, we've not scored early for a long while, like, in terms of this season. We, we usually strike early in games, but not that early. So I think it's probably caused us off, off guard, really, in terms of, like, oh, this is an early goal, and then, you sort of relax back into your in the chair. final last year as well, um, Jay, because that early goal we got against Spurs in the final, it, I, I don't know, it, it, it affected us finding the rhythm, in my opinion. We build into games, don't we? But then we've also, we've come to expect if we get an early goal, then we usually go on a rampage. But I think that was just probably too early. And then if you're Genk, then your whole game plan has gone out the window within two minutes. So it, 
it affects them. Is it sometimes a negative to score too early in the game? You can, how can anybody say that? <laughs> you can take a goal any time it comes, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. You've got to. But it, it just seems to... I don't know. It just, I know, I I know what you're just, saying, Jay, because sometimes if you score that early, a team can nearly almost retreat into themselves even further than the initially had set up to do so. So it just makes it more difficult. Yeah, it's just a, it's a weird... You, you want to score, but I think that area into the game, people just haven't even got warm. Or you can get settled into the game and then the game plan goes out the window. But, I mean, I've just got the highlights on now. And like, even just watching it, the amount of space and time that they've given us. And Ox just wanders into the middle of the field. Statues, Jay. Statues is what I, is what <laughs> and, I And he, he picks up the ball and he's got like two seconds, which is a lot of time in football, to take a turn get his head up and think, oh, well, the shot's on here, I'm going to have it. And, you know, he's probably thinking, well, this isn't right, I'm getting that much time. The whole thing just felt a bit, it just felt, you know, I had a, just a moment where I went, no, this can't be right. And sort of it was the same whenever the penalty in the final was that this can't be right, it's just too early. You know, it was a decent strike by, by the Hawks, no two ways about it, but, like... You know, it really should have been defended better. Um, it, it really, really should. Have. And I think their goalkeeper Dave was wasn't what a class is uh, very good. He's very young, very inexperienced, and I think it showed at times throughout that game. And he got away with a few as well. But I think coming to you, Bobby Firmino, uh, it was one of those nights where you know he didn't, he didn't really assert himself that heavily in the game. But some of the some of the trickery and some of the some of the magic and some of the feet that that. that Bobby pulls off is just, it's a joy. Oh, I was absolutely splendid tonight. Absolutely splendid. I just, there's one thing I want to say before I get to Firmino, because I will, I could talk about him for like an hour. See, as far as us looking loose at the back, I think that offside, I think that new offside rule with VAR makes us look worse. Because I think those, there's two or three chances in the first half. Probably the goal, whether it would have been flagged initially or not, I don't know. But there's two chances after that that come down their right-hand side. And miles offside. <laughs> they're miles offside. They're absolutely miles offside. And there's one particularly, Milner's at the back post, going absolutely crazy. But the flag goes up after, obviously, the phase of play has passed. So, you know, there's a chance that isn't actually ever going to be a chance because the linesman's directive is to keep your flag down. So in the Premier League, they actually it's the one thing they actually do better. If the referee is, or the linesman's like pretty sure it's offside, he'll just put his flag up because he'll feel like he doesn't need the VAR. The linesman so, didn't do that for for the one that was ruled out for them uh, to bring it to one one, Dave. Um, that was flagged um, as the play was ongoing, and that's why I think the referee took his time to go to VAR. Right, I didn't it, notice it, that. It, it, uh, well, the commentary I had flagged that up. I I didn't see it myself. It was flagged up in the commentary. The flag was up, and the the directive in the Champions League is: if you're sure, you put your flag up. No problem. You don't have to wait. You can put the flag up. Apparently, that's the rule according to the television. I, there's so many fucking rules. I I'm I'm lost. Yeah. So that's like I say. I think you know. I think it makes us look. It makes us look more vulnerable than I feel we actually are because that high line is designed to press the other team high up the pitch. Limit the amount of space they have and and play those teams offside. And that's one that's a tactic. So that tactic is working as far as I'm concerned. Firmino. Dave, but Dave, it's worth it's worth saying to close that. 
we were never in any danger. Your pulse was never really, you know, there was no panic attacks. So you knew you were winning it. You knew it was completely yeah. comfortable. You know, we, we do have a few gripes about this game, but it was so, so comfortable, really. Yeah, it was straightforward enough, and it should be straightforward enough going there, you know. So, um, Fox 6 Salzburg went there and hammered them. And Napoli really should have. So, yeah, it was. It, 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 at, at the end of it, it's, it's, a, it's a routine victory and happy days. Great. And, and, and we'll, have to get, we'll have to get over this, this thing as well. But we are European champions and anybody playing us now wants a fucking bite of us. Everybody wants a piece of us. And, and, and I think the way it Klopp set up there tonight, Dave, was basically let them run at us, let them, let them come at us, run themselves into the ground and do exactly what we did, score basically three very you know, later on goals as they ran out of steam. Yeah, our fitness, our fitness does show at the end of games. There's and again, you know, that's just another another couple of goals to add on to the. It was the same at the United of the week, Andy. But they, well, that's it, it. The club backs the fitness of. Uh, uh, you talk about the ninety minute team, and that's basically it. Well, isn't it most goals in the last fifteen minutes of games, and most goals in the last five minutes of games, and most goals in the last fucking ten seconds of games, and injury time, and fucking whatever else. And that's it's not a coincidence, you know? It's not a coincidence. We're 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 fitter, we're stronger, we've got more belief, we're more physical, and all those things rolled into one pretty much suggest that you will score more goals at the end of games. And that's what happens. So am I surprised? Absolutely not. And that's one thing. That's one thing you can all I think that helps, you know, when it bears itself out on the pitch that Going into the last 15 minutes or 10 minutes or 5 minutes or injury time of games and you're drawing one each or you're losing one nil like we were at Old Trafford, you're sitting and you're watching and you're thinking to yourself, there's every chance we're going to score. There's every chance we're going to score. And I think that helps loads. No, I agree. And Bobby Firmino's great as well. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was fucking belter. Yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave it at that. Jay, I want to come to you. I want to talk a little bit about um, Ox and uh, Nawi Keita, but I want to start with Ox, who, you know, the second goal was sublime. Uh, absolutely. He, I didn't feel that he really made much, really that much of an impact on the game outside of the goals, but there's no two ways about it. He must have come off that pitch tonight at 10 feet tall. You, you know what I mean? It's it, one thing, you know, we know he's been trying hard to get himself back in. We know he's, he's, he's had an eye for a goal. He's been hitting everything in, in the attempt to get one to go in for him since when he's on the pitch. Tonight, two went for him. And I'll say the, the first one was nice, but the second one was sublime. And, and you know, with, talk a little bit about it, but where do you see his place at the moment? You know, I know that you're, you're an advocate of, of Keita and, um, and Ox in the same team and whatnot. But I think that's where I want to go with this conversation. You know, where, where are you seeing him? Do you feel that he's still being managed back? You know, the fact he was taken off in the 60 minutes. Um, you know, they're still managing, managing his time and doing it the right way. Well, first of all, it's the second goal. I mean, you probably tried that, like, well, so you, you or I, but any mere mortal probably tries that on, on the pitch or in the park and probably one out of 50 probably going off the crossbar like they do. But he made it look so easy. And he deserves that because, like, he got interviewed after the game and it was on like the telly and he said like he's the last two years we've been to the final and he's not featured. Or that he was on the bench last season in Madrid. But like, if anyone deserves a little bit of joy and a little bit of magic, it probably is him because he's he's been so close and unfortunate circumstances meant he's missed out. So I think he deserves everything he's getting at the moment. But 
he is probably being managed back. I'd, I'd love to see him in the team. I thought, personally, he should have started at Old Trafford and the difference he made when he came on. If he either got those 60 minutes tonight at Old Trafford, I think we, we would have won that game easily because his directness, his pace, his ability on the ball and his threat that he offers something different is completely you, different you to what we have got. 90% basically, Jay, as well. Because I, I, I think that's what I feel myself. He's in around the 90s, maybe. You know, and he's just getting yeah, that last he's, 10%. He's teetering on the edge. I think like it's just a case of fine-tuning and we probably don't see him playing two games, two 90 minutes in a week. He's not, he's not probably got that in him full stop because he's always had a little bit of a, a fitness question in terms of staying 100%. But if we can get 60 minutes and 30 minutes out of him in two games a week, I'll take that all the time. But I think he's just being slowly managed because it wasn't a normal injury. Like he, he was out for a long, long time. And the same with Kayser, he's been stop stars. I think that's probably his first start this season with what you call the first team because his other start was in the League Cup. I don't know if he made one start at the beginning of the season. I could be wrong. But I want to see an attacking player in the team at all times because for me, the midfield three of Fabinho, Henderson and Wijnaldum, it works. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, teams know how to play us. And if, if you're coming into a match and you think, right, well, that's how Liverpool are going to set up, you can plan for that. But if you're planning for, oh, well, they might start Ox, they might start Cater, they might start Henderson, they might start Wijnaldum, at least put doubts in the other managers' minds. Because at the moment, the likelihood is coming into Sunday's game, it's going to be back to the regular three. So for Pochettino, it's probably easy to prepare for us. But you'd like to think now that after tonight, Ox has given himself a fair shot of maybe starting that game on Sunday. And that then raises questions in Pochettino's mind of facing us. Who does he line up with? We can only be to our benefit that we have these lads fit and firing. No, and Jay as well, I, I, I kind of get the feeling that the club would like these boys integrated and back, you know, back full fit and integrated as soon as possible. I don't think there's I don't think there's any lack of trust or anything here. I think it's just, you know, what you're saying there is is completely correct. They are being because of the, the, the history of injury and because of the seriousness of, of Ox's injury, I think they're, they're they're playing overly cautious to protect them against, you know, dropping out again. Yeah, and I think it was the MK Dons game, it was so, so I listened to something and it was noted that Cater had to come off at a certain point and I think Klopp wanted to give him an extra 5 or 10. And I think it was Kormeyer, who's the medical guy, he was saying, no, he needs to come off. Like, and he's in Klopp's ear. And then the next thing Cater's off. And it's like, he, he the managed to within probably seconds of time on the field. So it wouldn't be a surprise if the fact that Ox come off on 60, 65 tonight, that it was he can have no more than 65 because he's played 25 at the weekend. And that's it. And it, as much as you'd like it, he might not feature on Sunday until off the bench for the last half hour because it's all to do with management. And it probably frustrates Klopp, but at the end of the day, if you've got Cater and Ox fit for the rest of the season, but you can't play them for the next two or three games as much as you'd like, then... Unfortunately, that's something you're just going to have to take. And I think as a fan base, it probably frustrates us in the short term, but if it's a long term gain, then we're going to take it. 
Yeah, I think it's a thing that we've learned uh, in the last sort of few seasons under Klopp is, you know, I think Dave talks about trust all the time and, and you put your trust in, in, in the staff at, at Melwood and the medical staff to do the right things by these guys. You know, we see players being taken off at times precautionary. They seem to do everything they can in their power to keep these players fit and whatnot. And so it's a massive change. Like from when you were in the 70s and 80s, a massive change um, in, in, in what we see today. But Dave, I, I want to come to you and Nabi Keita. And I'd flicked into Twitter just before I came in to the pod here. <clears throat> and there seems to be a mixed bag opinion out there. And my own opinion on it would be that the 90 minutes were in his legs are vitally more important than anything he did on the pitch. Um, I didn't think he had a howl or anything. He showed some decent movement for me. He showed an ability to work with Firmino, but it wasn't top drawer stuff like I'd watched him play in Leipzig and whatnot. But again, everything that Jay said about the management of coming back and everything, I, I, in my own opinion, I think the 90 minutes is what we should be looking at. 90 minutes is great, and it's great. It's not great that he gets 90 minutes. It's great that the staff have identified he is capable of playing 90 minutes. They are viewing him at that level now. Uh, with regards to his fitness, which is fantastic. Um, I just, I, I can foresee the fan base getting into this stupid fucking game that people get into where there's Nabi Kaida is brilliant or Nabi Kaida is shit and there's nowhere in between because there will Emily be... Emily Mark too, they uh, Yeah, 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 exactly, you know. Um, and the truth is, in my eyes tonight, that... He's not fit yet. He's just not fit. It's not possible that he can be at his, his peak fitness. And I, he looked to me like he was playing within himself a little bit. He didn't quite uh, carry the ball as often as I would like to see him carry the ball um, and break the lines with, with, with weaving those weaving little runs that, that, that we've seen him make. Um, fairly well bunched up at the back at times, Dave, to be fair to him. They were, they were. But, I, you know, I, I want to see him carry that ball from deep and, and commit midfielders and, and draw people out of position. But at the same time, there's there's a consideration I think we have to make here that we all, we all have, we've, we've had limited viewing of, of Kaida at Liverpool and not really a period of time where he's put consistently you know, 15, 20 matches together. And I don't really think we know what Naby Keita looks like in a Liverpool shirt. I genuinely don't think that we really know. I think we can pick out his, his good games, his best games, his worst games, and that's fine. But I don't really think we've seen what he, what sort of Liverpool player he's going to be. And there yeah, is... A more pertinent question would be, do you feel that we'll see the player that was uh, at RB Leipzig um, because I think that's what I'm starting to see creeping in, you know, that we've bought a dog and we'll have to, you know, somewhere down the line we'll have to have a bad buy and, you know, people trying to pass it off like that. I don't see it. Like, I just think, I just don't think we've ever had him a fully fit Nabi Keita in all the time that he's been here. No, I don't think we have either, but there's a consideration to make here. And I, I think this needs certainly discussed that are we ever going to see that Nabi Keita? Because is, is Nabi Keita at Leipzig, something that we just don't want at Liverpool. Do we want Naby Keita for something different? So let's you're, consider... You're, so you're suggesting uh, a changing of rules for him or an adaptation to a change of rules? I'm suggesting... I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Jeannie Wijnaldum. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking at Jeannie Wijnaldum and I'm looking at him doing all that little knitting together and and keeping the ball moving and opening up space for people and just being really clever with his movement and breaking up play. 
cleverly and subtly. Um, Dave, I'm going to stop you because I want to bring Jay in. Is this not what exactly what we don't want them to be, Jay? Because I know that it's not what I, I don't want to see him. Jay. I want to be see the box to box midfielder. I think you're the same. I don't want to see him in the wine album sort of role in the squad. I think that could be maybe where you might see Ox from time to time in terms of Ox has got the discipline to to play a bit more defensive. Not that Kaita cannot play defensive at all, but I think at the stage of the the physical capabilities, Kaita's probably got more physically about him than Ox, as much as we'd like to think he's powerful and pacey. That injury is going to set him back, but he he's, he spent time playing at right wing back and right back at Arsenal, so I think he's probably got that flexibility to move around the squad a bit more. Where Kaita's probably pigeonholed to probably one or two roles, being obviously the the eight or the box to box, or maybe sat in a in a two with the likes of Fabinho, where Ox can probably fit in several positions, and I think that's where you probably see him long-term in the sort of Wijnaldum squadro where he comes in and he can play two or three positions in the team and that probably is where he fits in. But I don't want to see Kaiser wasted because he's got a, he's got a lot of ability and we know it's there. It, if For me, it's just a run of games and fitness. If he gets the run of games and keeps his fitness, then I think we see the player that we, we all want to see that we know we can be. No, I agree. And Dave, you know, look... I... I, I just hope that you're not right. I really, I, I really do hope that you're not right. Because as I say, I'm not saying, Dave. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that I'm right. No, but, but, I'm but, not, but, I, I'm, it's I'm, just. I just think it's something. To, I just think it's something to think about. You know. I think. That's what I mean. But I just hope you. I just hope you're not right. Because from from my money, anyway, he was the guy that was going to come in to be something different. And I don't want. To, like I really don't want to see him changed. I, I want to see what he was at Leipzig in, in our team because I think it brings. You know, as has been mentioned in this pod already, it just brings something completely different for the opposition to think about. It does, and look, I, look, he brings something different anyway because of the type of player that he is and because of his skill set. And you know, Wijnaldum does a really vital job for the team, like massively important role. And Henderson does something similar on the other side, but not to the same effect and and not the same. And you know, the team doesn't really function as the team I think the team functions at its best when Wijnaldum's on the pitch that's what I think and I think it's I think it's such a vital um, role in, in the team to play but Kaida's going to bring you things like Kaida's going to bring you his dribbling ability and Kaida's going to bring you his his little clever passes like for instance the little dink into Firmino um, to give him the ball in the box to, to roll it to, to Chamberlain for his second goal um, and those, and I think he's a more progressive player. I think he's got more vision in his passing, and and that's all great. So it's not going to be exactly the same. But I just think that when we're evaluating his performance, we need to consider that it's it's quite possible that we're not going to see this box to box bombing back and forward midfielder because let's not forget we play. We only play with three in the middle of the park, and the fullbacks are more. The fullbacks they're a misnomer because they're not fullbacks. You know, they're they're part of the they're part of a front five, in my opinion. So Naby needs to be that link man, and 
I think we just need to, when we're, when we're evaluating his performance, we need to consider that that might not be what we see is this all-action midfielder because in a clock midfield, you need to be extremely disciplined because otherwise the whole fucking structure of the team goes to shit and that's when teams are able to you know, play through you and expose you. Yeah, you make good points, Dave, uh, without a doubt. But I said, it's a, it's a, he's an interesting... No, I'm not saying that is what it's going to be. I'm just no, saying... No, no, no. That... But it's an interesting conundrum, Dave, because we just don't know. We don't know, um, mate. We don't know. You, you know, it, with, with the season we had to wait for him, it seems like a lifetime that he's been a Liverpool player and we're still waiting for something from like him. You when know? we signed and Chamberlain, did we think that he was going to be playing as part of a midfield three? No, is that no. what we thought he was going to be doing? No. You know, really. when we signed Wijnaldum as a number 10, is that what we thought? Did we ever think James Milner would be our reserve fucking right-hand left-back? That's what I mean. <laughs> you know, so it's, um, it's we didn't know fucking Bobby Firmino was a, a false nine and a fucking third or whatever the fuck he is. Ronaldinho clone as well. <laughs> until Klopp showed up. So, you know, it's it's just, I just think it's, I don't think we can. I don't think we can base our opinion on him on what we saw at Leipzig. I think we need to see what he, what sort of Liverpool player he's going to be once he gets 15, 15 20 games under his belt consecutively. I, I fully I, agree. I think Klopp gets older players and he makes them fit his system and his team, and that's not to pigeonhole you into one position. It's to have that flexibility to play probably two or three positions. And that that's the joy of what Klopp is. He 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 gets all the players, and you think that they're one thing, and he'll he'll see something within a player and make them something else. Well, as I say, hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't change him too much. Uh, as I say, I, I I used to enjoy Nabi Keita. Whenever we signed him, I, I'd, I'd started to watch him in Germany, and you know, there's times he's just scintillating. Uh, and I, 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 I've, I've just been waiting so long for it to be replicated in, the, in a Liverpool shirt. But listen, Jay, I'll come back to you on. Another player, Sadio Mane's goal. It's such a Mane goal. Um, fantastic from Salah to, 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 to get him in. And, you know, the, the finish. It's it's just, you know, I put it in our group. It's just so Sadio Mane. It's just class, world class. It's just, that's a typical Liverpool goal that you'd expect now because it, it started off, I think it was Gomez into... Firmino, Firmino into Salah, Salah into Mane. And it was all, apart from Salah, took two small touches. It was all one-touch football. They're all involved. They're all moving. Firmino does a no-look pass. Salah jockeys the player, turns him, and he's laid it off. And Mane just... And when Mane's in on goal now, you don't expect anything else other than him to score. Now, when we got him, he was a bit patchy. But I think in the last 18 months... He's sharpened up to be one of the best forwards in Europe and he can play anywhere, which is brilliant for us, but it's frightening for whoever's facing us. It was something he was called, Jay, yeah, when I remember the, I remember the word being used was streaky whenever whenever we yeah, signed yeah. him. And lots of people were saying he's just he's a streaky player. He'll get you six and six and then he'll not score for ten uh, and this sort and of he thing. And do, he doesn't like February. Do you remember he didn't like February? Oh. He, couldn't play, he couldn't play in February because it was too cold for him. Do you remember that? <laughs> there was a thing he couldn't play. He he would start the season on fire then between November and February he'd go missing then all of a sudden he'd come back again in March, April, May. You see, the Africans can't do winter, apparently. That's <laughs> you know, So, how do South Americans cope? You know, football is... It's, it's, yeah, the African who signed from an Austrian club can't yeah. do winter. It's fucking mental, yeah. isn't it? I know. Southampton, yeah. 
Yeah, very, very clever. But yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, he has, like, he's, he's, he's just, he's world class at the minute. Like, he's right, at, he's right at the top. And he's, you know, Shenga spoke last night about how he has a sneaking suspicion he, he could have an outside chance at, at the Ballon d'Or. And if, if you take his form this calendar year, you know, it's, he, he might have a point. Had they won the African Cup of Nations, I think he would probably be within the top two or three easily. Yeah, that was okay. the only thing I think that's let him down. And the same, the, pro- fa- the fact we have seven in there, Jay. I don't <sighs> think I can ever remember as a fan having so many players up for for such a big award. And I know we're that's tangenty, but I, I'm just like wow. I know it means nothing, but it's just like wow. I don't remember the last time we had a player nominated other than last season, which was Salah. I'm going. I'm going to guess maybe Torres. Or Suarez, but then Suarez was always overlooked because of his off-field stuff. But I don't remember having two players nominated at any but, time. But even at that, Jay, think of the advertisement that that is for the football club. You know, if you're like a, 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 a Sancho or Mbappe here, continue to do the rounds. Where, where would you want to go? Like it's a, it's it's a, it's a massive advertisement of the direction this club's going. It, it to me, I'll say, you know, I, I'm not big on awards and all the rest of it. But the fact we have seven up for that, that it, it's, it's immense. You might be biased because it's your own club, but if you look around Europe, there might be only one or two other teams you might think, yeah, I'm going to go there. But there probably is not one other team for me that you'd probably think, oh, I'll go there over Liverpool because why would you? If you can give a valid three reasons as to why you'd go anywhere else other than money to another club, then I'm open all day to see what you've got to say. The thing for me, Dave, on your point about the seven, which is most significant, is that none of those seven players, not one of them, would you have considered before they signed for Liverpool that they were going to be ever in the entire rest of their career anywhere near that list? Absolutely. And, and, and that's what I'm talking about, this billboard, the poster board yeah. of saying, it's not you like, want, it's you, not like we you want to go to the next level, you come to us. Yeah, exactly. It's not like we. It's not like we've done the Galacticos or what Ferguson used to do and just go out and buy the best players. And all of a sudden, yeah, you've got well, you've got fucking seven players in the the, the Ballon d'Or list because you signed seven world class players. You know, we didn't sign world class players. And do you know what? The other, this is mad. Why is why Fox Robertson not there? You know. And if you want to talk about like current form, and I know we won't, but. On current form in the last probably six months, Fabinho could possibly be in there as well. And he's another one that will start to shine in the next 12 months when, when it comes to those sorts, that sort of recognition. No, you've, you've my buy-in totally on that. But, Jay, we, we digress. We're, we're on the Manny goal. We're singing Manny's praises and we got to the Ballon d'Or. But Manny shows an ability to drift in and out of games. You know, he... he he wasn't magnificent again tonight. Salah will come to in a minute. He was awful uh, for a long stage in that game. But, you know, Manny, you give him a sniff. And, that, and, and the thing I love about him is you give him half a sniff and he will destroy you. He's, I say, he's, he's frightening in front of goal now. Like, they're probably it's a handful of players. I'd probably in the Premier League, I'd probably only put Aguero up there as lethal in front of goal as Manny. Because if you give other players chances, they're questionable. But... If he's in that penalty box now, he is. He's scary good. That's how good he is. Um, it's a sign of the player that you've said he's had a bad game. And I, th- I don't think not many of our players, you would say, would have I, w- I wouldn't call pennies. it bad, Jay. He was just off. 
You know, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like by by money standards, we're calling it a a, a, a less effective game. But very, very, very fair. <laughs> I think. I I mean, would you would you say any of our players had a nine out of ten? Because I wouldn't. I think we're probably no, definitely not looking seven at maximum. Seven, <laughs> well, eight, seven eight, or eight for for Bobby's feet. Eight, yeah. But that that shows like a the ability that we have, and b obviously. We can have these calmer, laid-back games, and we can we can blow these teams away with our quality in front of goal, and that shows just how good that we are at the moment. But it's a sign of the times that you know we we can do this to teams, and it doesn't even feel like we're playing that well. Exactly, and that's that, that's that's a scary message for the for for the chasing pack, whether it be in Europe or whether it be at home. Uh, you know, as I said earlier on, Jay, they, they come at us now um, because we're European champions. It used to be that way um, in the 70s and 80s. Everybody wants a piece. It used to be the same with United during their pump. Um, and, and that's something that we just we need to get over. But, uh, Dave, I'm going to come to you um, on two things. And briefly on, on Alison, who has just slipped back seamlessly. Uh, distribution wonderful you know uh, if, if there's anything that we might have had a maybe a critical side or we could clearly see the difference between Alison and and Jesus I forgot his name already <laughs> Adrian <laughs> poor guy um, <laughs> uh, gone gone two games he's forgotten um, you know the, the clear difference between the two Dave for me is, is the distribution Alison is, is, is miles ahead of him you know and 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 also the Salah goal after a really sort of lackluster performance from Mo Salah, a really frustrating performance from Mo Salah. He just he comes up with an assist and a goal, and the goal is so pinpoint, so accurate, the finish is so sublime. Um, you understand why he's still on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Alison's the best goalkeeper in the world, and, he's, and, and he plays for us, and fucking brilliant, and he's, he, could, he might win the Ballon d'Or too, because he wins about fucking 90 million different things this year as well. Golden Gloves and Copa Americas and Champions Leagues and all this fucking manner of shit. Salah, <coughs> Salah was brutal, wasn't he? For like 75 minutes, he was absolutely brutal. But this goes for Manny as well. He always wanted the ball. Always wants the ball. Never hides. Never goes missing in games. And constantly keeps believing in his own ability. And he demands the ball and demands to be involved in the game. And when you have a player like Firmino there, you can guarantee if he wants the ball, there's every chance he's going to get it. And for him to be playing that badly and for literally nothing to be coming off for him, he takes that ball into his feet. He rolls your man, Harry Maguire-like, and then beats the two of them with just... It was a bit like that goal against Spurs that he scored, the way it was a deft little poke between the two and the, the ball was away and then he was away before the defenders even had a chance to react. And then he just slots it with his right foot. And the confidence in himself to do that after the game that he was having up to that point is fucking unbelievable. And he's a confidence, he's a confidence player, that that boy, you know, that that's what he is. And when he's amongst the goals, there's, there's likes, no likes a goal against sometimes. Spurs too. Loves a goal fucking against loves Spurs. A, loves <laughs> a goal against Spurs. But when when and he, the thing is when he's not scoring, I think it can affect him. When he's not scoring, I think he puts pressure on himself to get on the score sheet because he demands goals of himself. And he can occasionally get into that mode where he tries a little bit too hard and he he can be too, 
you know, focused on getting that monkey off his back rather than getting his head up and making the right decision. Whereas then you've got Firmino who, you know, likes scoring goals and is great when he scores a goal, but doesn't really give a shit either way. He could probably gets as much satisfaction out of, like probably more satisfaction out of that flick through Damane than he does from sticking one in the top corner. Yeah, he's, so, due one, he's due one of those sticking. You know what I mean? He, he's, you know, he's done so many times recently, and you know, the ball's just not stick. It's not ending up in the back of the net. He's due one. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And see if he doesn't. Who cares? You know, he, he fucking put, he plays that ball. He plays that ball to Salah for Mane's goal with fucking no look reverse pass in the ball. You know, he basically looking over his own, looking behind in, him over in his own shoulder. In other words, he's ridiculous. He is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. He is. He's just a joy to watch, and you know. <laughs> It's watching that game where he just played the whole game's played at his at his fucking pace and my mind keeps flashing back to that one he fucking thrashes into the stand on Sunday and I'm like what who who are you and what have you done with Bobby Firmino um, but yeah uh, look I think goal, goals are good for Salah you know goals are good for Salah and that's good for Liverpool and I'm really really happy that he fucking stuck that one away the night that reminded me of the Leicester goal. I think it was last year. And yeah, when he ruled Maguire. Yeah, yeah, and he stuck it, stuck it in the back of the net from a very similar angle. But as you say, on Firmino, you just get the feeling someone's going to get a hiding from him. A bit like it was Arsenal last year, and he just smashed the hat-trick in the first half, I think it was, or, or across about 40 minutes between the two halves. Um, you get the feeling someone's going to be on the end of a Firmino beating in the next few games because he's he's doing all this magic around the box and he's all the he tricks and flicks Tottenham are coming off. He enjoys Tottenham himself, uh, he, he, he does. He enjoys Tottenham, he enjoys Arsenal, but I can't see him playing in the League Cup next week, so I'm hoping it's this weekend against Spurs that he, he comes in and just has one of these games when all all the focus goes on him in terms of the goals because he we can do all the stuff around the box and set up everyone else, but now and again, it's lovely to see him get the headlines for doing the finishing rather than the creating. Well, I have a question for you. Uh, moving on, Jay, we've talked about our seven Ballon d'Or nominees. Um, let's move on to someone who's certainly not going to be nominated any time. No, n- n- never, in fact. Um, as as Genk scored their goal, Dejan Lovren was sitting there <laughs> fucking arse. Uh, off the pitch, actually, on the sidelines, on his fucking arse. Because he decided he was fucking Franco Baresi again, he was going to take two of them on, and the fucking picked his pocket like he was fucking not there. What was he doing? <laughs> what, about, what about when he? What about when he thought he was going to play right wing? Do you remember that? Oh, he, yeah, he, oh, yeah. That, that, he thought he was Joel Matip on a mazy run, only he ran out of play. That one, you mean? He yeah. Thought he was fucking Sadio Mane. <laughs> He's a week too early because it's Halloween next week. We don't need to see these ghost exercises. And, and, and what about the chance that Genk had fucking early doors where fucking him and Van Dyke were nowhere to be fucking found? It was Naby Keita fucking was the last man. He was trying to play offside with a fella five yards behind him, holding his hand up, looking at the linesman as if to say, "Any chance there, Mason?" And, the and he never going. made an effort to go back, Jay. He never no, even he... fucking made an effort to run back. He's 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 trotting back as if like you know, uh, well, I'll I'll be all right. I'll get the next one. No, you won't, Dejan, because you fucked that one up as well. Um, I t- Paul Gomez must look at him and think, why the hell is this, he this getting This is where I want to go. Yeah, you've, you've hit the nail. This is where I, well, what does Joe Gomez think if that's in front of him? I, I can only think the idea behind it was you're going to see what we did in terms of 
Robbo coming off, Milner getting to left back and Gomez getting a few minutes at right back purely to protect him if Trent isn't fit for the weekend. That's my only thinking behind what, it. What's, what's the Matip situation at the minute, uh, Jake? Because there was talk of him you know, being rested and Klopp had sort of mentioned he still wasn't just right. Do you think maybe even Gomez could start against Spurs? No, no, I think it's my games. I think it's purely you didn't need Massive tonight and he had a little bit of a knock coming into the weekend game. Just give him a week off. Just There's no need to take him there tonight, so let him have it easy for a few days. I purely think he'll be back in on Sunday because, if I'm honest, that Harry Kane's one of these players who he'll turn up for certain occasions and the way Matip's playing, he'll bully Kane because Kane won't fancy Van Dijk, so he'll try and go on to Joe Matter. and Matter puts eight nothing out of him. He'll, no, no he'll not get much change. He'll not get much change so, there. Um, I'd be more than happy to see Matter back here, and I think he will be for the weekend. Isn't it mad that we're sitting here, like, going, fucking hope Matter is fit at the weekend so we can mark Harry Kane out of the game, who's like multiple fucking golden boot winner. Until Salah came. <laughs> no, I know, but you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, there, there was there was a time when Liverpool fans didn't want to see Joel Matip anywhere near a fucking football pitch unless we were playing against him. And now it's like you're keeping your fingers crossed that he's fit for the weekend because Harry Kane's playing. It's an, another club masterclass, isn't it, really? He's, he's got older this player and... He's probably took a year longer than what we wanted, but he's got hold of him and he's he's sorted him out into this monster of a centre back. I remember two or three years ago, if there was a fifty fifty in the air, you knew the striker was gonna win it. Because Massive would have got blew over in a strong breeze, but now he's pushing players out the way, he's dangling his legs through, winning everything, he's commanding his box, commanding the play, and striding out like he's some sort of box to box midfielder, but it's a sign of the, of what Klopp's done and the sign of Matip as a player that he's he's worked on his game and become this good and this vital for us, really. No, without a doubt. Well, listen, Dave, let's, you know, we're, we're talking Tottenham and, and that, you know, they are next up. You know, the one five nil last night, um, I didn't watch the game, didn't even see any highlights of it, but the punditry wasn't that kind of them, if you know what I mean. Um, it's, it's hard to know what to expect. You know, if you're preparing for this game, what, what Tottenham do you prepare for? You prepare for the best version of Tottenham that there is possibly available. You prepare for you prepare for the best. It's hard to know what that is at the moment. No, you, yeah, at the, I don't. Yeah, never mind. At the moment, you prepare for the best Tottenham team that you've ever seen play. That's what you prepare for, and you hope you get something less, and you kind of expect to get something less at the minute. It's a, it's a it's a strange one. It's really strange. There's something there's something rotten at that club, and although. You know, people talked about the performance, I think, not being particularly inspiring, but I think the team will take more from the from the result than the performance because 5-0, they can walk into the change room, they can be happy with themselves for the first time in fucking ages. You know, it's a so convincing So is the Liverpool victory. game a godsend to them or a nightmare because it could go either way, really? I think it's a bit, I think it's a bit early for them in this rehabilitation let's call it um game. I, yeah i do i think they i think they could have done with a result like that before they played watford at the weekend which in which they were really really poor 
and they haven't won an away game in 10 in the Premier League, which is mad. That stretches all the way back to March or something like that. So like, that's a quarter of a season. That's half a season if you want to just you know away games. You know, you play nine, you play 18 away games a season. That's half a season without winning an away game, over half a season. If we show up like we like to show up at Anfield, I think there is a mentality issue with them at the moment where I think this is... I think this is one of those games where an early goal could be really, really, really massive. I think if we get an early goal, I think they just go, oh, no, please, please, not another Bayern Munich. Yeah, you've got you've got to sort of add the demoralization the very early. Yeah, you know, you've got it. You've got to remind them that there's you've got to remind them that they're in this funk and of all the reasons of why they are in this funk. And only the only only the players and the manager will know what those reasons are. So I, I for me, that's for me, that's key. That's key on on Sunday. And yourself, Jay, I take it up uh, number one. I take it you're going. Um, and uh, you know what? What what are you kind of expecting from it? I, I'm with David. I think he makes a really good point there. That you know Tottenham coming off the back of a five nil and whatnot. If we if we can stick them for one early, they don't like Anfield anyway. They never really have. I I I, I would like to think we're getting three points here. I expect nothing less. Uh, yeah, I will be going. Of course. Uh, they played Red Star Belgrade, as we know ourselves, last season. The two different teams away from home and at home. Um, I think we stuffed them four or five last season. I can't quite remember, but I know we gave them a chance at home. But then, as we said, they're a different animal in Belgrade. But we've just been on the road in Europe, albeit probably the same level of competition, and stuck four past the team. So, you know, if they're coming into it with a bit of confidence, then they probably looked at our results on Sunday and fourth. Maybe there's something there. Actually, we've just gone and done that on Wednesday night. So actually, now we're we're back to what we were. Um, Jay, Jay, as a stadium goer, you, you know they talk about playing the fixture and whatnot. And you know that United game, you, you know, I I called it. It's a horrible, horrible fixture for us, and it always has been, and always will be. And it's it's like the derby with Everton. It's it can't be called. Where do you class as a stadium goer, Tottenham, at, at this moment in time? You, what kind of reception do they get? It'll be lively. Because it's it's Sunday, the clocks go back, it'll be under the lights, so it'll be lively. It's probably, it's not going to get the reception of the likes of City, Everton or United are going to get. Probably that next echelon of games in terms of, you've probably got in there Chelsea and Spurs and maybe a few other teams, the likes of Newcastle who probably bring a good following, even though we know they're not very good, but their crowd are up for it, which always gets our crowd up for it. Then Palace are the same in terms of they're not very good, but they, they bring a loud fan base. And Reading used to be awesome as well. I used to love Reading. Yeah, and Leeds as well. Like Leeds have Leeds are really good when they've been to Anfield in, in cup games. But it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lively atmosphere because of the time of day it is and we know we need to win. And at that point City would have played so we know Potentially, the gap might be three points going into the game, so it, it's massive that we do. And obviously, the the fact that Anfield has been such a fortress for so long now, then we should go in there, chest out with the champions of Europe. Go in there, we'll let them know that we are the champions of Europe because we won it against them. So I think there'll be a, that little bit of added spice that we we can just rub their face back in it that we obviously won it against them in Madrid. So I think that probably. It's going to add a little bit of space, probably more than it would any other time that we play Spurs. Yeah, it's one of those games. You know, there was a stage, you know, when we're both sort of hovering around the you know the fourth place and whatnot. There was a sort of a rivalry built up, but I never felt 
was taught them that they were really, you know, it's maybe football snobbery on my part. Um, but Jay, I'll, I'll stick with you on this one because I know Dave will burst our bubble. I know what way you'll go on it. Pick your midfield uh, for Tottenham. My midfield. Uh, yep. I will start with Fabinho, Wijnaldum and Ox. You feel that the two goals the weekend will be, be, a, be a shot in the arm for Ox? Well, there'd be no better time to start him two goals on his back pocket, um, 60 minutes under his belt, unscathed, playing Tottenham as an ex-Arsenal lad. He'll, he'll have that little spring in his step. Wijnaldum was rested clearly with the weekend in mind today. Fabinho needs to play and get a yellow card so he's not suspended for Man City. So we'll be true. suspended for the filler game. And I think we see Trent and Massive come back in. The front three looked majestic tonight, even though Firmino didn't score. We obviously touched on that. So I think the team, apart from the midfield, picked itself. But I would go with those three in midfield. But I think uh, Dave might put his clop head on and say otherwise. Yeah, we're going to switch over to the pragmatism of Dave. He's going to bring us down with Klopp pragmatism. <laughs> I, I'm I'm on board with you, um, Jay. I, I would I would like to see that midfield just out of curiosity. Dave, bring us down to earth. <laughs> listen, listen. There is there is a huge body of evidence out there that Klopp reverts to the. What used to be... But let us what, dream, Dave. Let us dream. <laughs> that's, guys, that's fine. That is fine. I get it. And I get the clamour to see these players in big games and at, at home. And, you know, because they're exciting. You know, they're, they're, these players are exciting. They're difference makers, um, which you would not necessarily class any of the other, any of the other four as. But um, there's a massive body of evidence out there that in, those, in these sorts of games, Klopp, goes what used to be when Alden Henderson Milner, on which is now and fair play to Fabinho, because Fabinho has now cemented his place in that absolutely trusted midfield three, which is now um Henderson, Fabinho and Wijnaldum. So it's probably Is it trusted be, though, Dave? I think because tr- I think it's trusted by Klopp, yeah. In the last four games, Henderson, apart from the weekend, has been the first sub. And at the weekend he was the second sub off. Now it's it's probably clear, not to all, but to me, that if he needs to change it for one reason or another, Henderson is the one he takes off. So the trust for me is with Fabinho and Ginny. So I think, I think Fabinho's got the trust without a doubt. Jay, yeah, is, but, is, isn't there a medical issue with Jordan Henderson about something playing about two games a week or something? Like, he had a, he, a problem with his heel a couple of seasons ago. And no, was, he, he can play that because he, he's proved it. He's, he's played two games a week multiple times in the past six months easily but I think for me it's it's telling that when we need a change in sort of style Henderson is the one who's being pulled yeah there's there's a number of ways to look at these things as as there is with anything but it 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 could be that he is the least trusted out of those three it could be that Wijnaldum just gives you more um, is more adept in playing in the midfield too than Henderson is. Um, Fabinho is your natural holding midfielder. So, you know, he's not going to be the one that's going to come off if you're going to change the midfield too. So it could be any number of those reasons. It, I, I don't I don't know. Uh, it could be a fitness thing. It could be his fitness being managed. And 
it would be interesting to see, you know, if we're if and when we're three nil up. Like I might go back and just check that that Burnley game that we're winning three nil. If he plays and if he does, how long he lasts. So I I don't know I don't know and you know on the on the midfield thing. I think I think he'll go. I think he'll go Henderson. Henderson doesn't start tonight either. So you know that that for me that that tells me that he's he's going to start. And along with Wijnaldum, and obviously we we say we don't drop Fabinho. So for me, that's the midfield three nailed on. But I you think know, that's the three. Yeah, I think that's the three as well. But you know, one of these days, one of these days, he's just going to drop one of them in because this is what happens without any notice. It, the, the team seat just turned up like like it like at Southampton earlier on in the season, and you're going, oh fuck me, Oxley Chamberlain's in the midfield there, you know, and it will happen. And the bottom line is, guys, you know, Henderson with his his fitness and injury records um, and his funny gait, um, I don't know, I don't know how how far into his thirties he's going to be able to play. And you know, Wijnaldum is is obviously very very fit, but he is going to need to be managed. And there's no no getting away from it. Kaida and, and Timberland are the future of that midfield, and they are going to get integrated in. It's probably going to be this season and. Um, but one of these days, it, it's just going to happen without any notice. It's just going to happen, and Klopp's just going to decide with all of the data that he's getting from training and the physios and the nutritionists and everything else, and the the, the few bits and pieces of games away. He's just going to go right. It's time, and bang, there it is, and everybody's going to go holy shit. We have got three games in six days next week as well, which probably is going to take a lot into account. given that the League Cup is obviously not a, a priority competition, but we've still got Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. So are we, imagine, are we at home to Arsenal? Yeah, we are. But yeah. there be there should be more than ample rotation between those three games. And I would imagine the team that starts Sunday will not be the team that starts the following Saturday at Villa. Oh, do you not? No, no, I can see I could see Fabinho we're, we're, we're hoping that if he hasn't been booked on Saturday to be booked to be ruled out of the Villa game, then he'll be rested for the Villa game. So I think that is an opportunity where you might see potentially Henderson or Ginny back into the, the middle of the park. and Hendo, Gina, Oxley, Chamberlain or something like that. Lallana's done nothing yeah. wrong in terms of, like, he'll probably start the League Cup game, but th- there's arguments there now that players are coming back to fitness. I think the only one we're missing probably is Shakiri. Yeah, you can see Milner in the middle of the park too for one of those games. Yep, yeah, I mean we we got several options, but we we'll probably see Avigi's gonna start. I you maybe Brewster might get another chance next week against Arsenal. We, we're gonna have to rotate and we we're gonna have to use our squad, especially over the next few weeks, because even after we play Villa, we play Genk on the Tuesday, but then we've got a four day gap between we we play City on the following Sunday. So we've got a lot of games to manage, but when you look at it really, we've got then got four games across ten days, which well, eleven days, which we've got to squeeze. We're, we're in. not in December yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just I think I think we see just massive changes for the League Cup game and the other three games is is as strong as he can go, I feel. And I, I think we, had, we uh, me and Chief and Schenkers had a long discussion about this um, last night, and we kind of got the feeling looking at it, looking at it on the face of it after not coming back 
after coming back from the international breaks, were, were never really quite at their best, and that kind of got lost in the whole Ferrari around Sunday. But we hit form in like December last year when we had eight matches or something. We won all of them, and there was very, very little rotation. Uh, it was you were just looking, going, when are these guys going to get a rest? When are these guys going to get a rest? And it's almost like it's almost like with these guys, when Klopp talks about the rhythm, the more games they play in a row, the better they are and the better they get. So I don't expect, I expect three really strong teams in those, um, or maybe four really strong teams um, with, with uh, is it Spurs, Spurs Villa, City and, and Genk, or whatever way around it is. And then just a huge, massive, mass rotation of 11 or something like that for, the league cup match. Arsenal? I had one. And they're not very good anyway. Well, so you keep telling us, but uh, as I say, it'll be our second string. I, I hope very much. Listen, we're, we're, we're just about up on time, so I'll come back to you, Jay. Give me your give me your prediction for the weekend. I know it's three points. Do you fancy, fancy us to, to battle them a bit? I do, yeah. I fancy a drum. Um, and I actually fancy a clean sheet, so I'm going to say 4-0. I'd, I'd love to keep a clean sheet purely for confidence. I think you've probably seen Alisson wasn't happy conceding tonight. So no, I, th- I think that's something that we, we actually we might really, see. We really uh, need the clean sheets. Uh-huh. But I think it's something that I think with, with Alisson coming back that you maybe see the start off because we have been, you know, by comparison to last season and how we started, we've been leakier at the back, let's say. We've, we've shipped a few more goals. But I think with Alisson coming back, I think it brings its own, you know, I think it brings an extra confidence maybe to the back. Uh, four as well with that distribution. We put a couple of couple of throws out there, and they just magnificent. But I, I couldn't agree. I'm going three nil um, myself. I, I don't see them bothering us, especially if we get an early goal. See us doing a number on them. But I said that about United. Uh, <laughs> Dave finishes up. I'll say we'll win by two goals. Right, you're not you're not so keen on the clean sheet then, no? I know. I, I know. I will win by two goals. So I don't know. Two nil, three one, one yeah. or the other. I think. So we're winning. That's the upshot of the thing is. We're yeah, winning. we're winning. It's an Anfield. We're winning. Yeah. No, can't disagree with you. Right. Listen, we'll leave it at that, folks. Uh, thank you very much for your time, as always, guys, for taking the time after the game. Much appreciated. Uh, to you, the listener, as always, thank you for taking the time to listen to us waffle through our, our, our latest escapade. And uh, we will be back, hopefully, celebrating another win against Tottenham um, after the weekend. So until then, up our heads. <laughs> <laughs>